I just gotta hope I remember how to cast a pod. Cast them pods. These pods ain't gonna cast themselves. You know? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Cheap Smut. My name is Katie Mizell. And my name is Carl Mizell. And this is a podcast that is back after vacation. Welcome back. Welcome back, my love. Did you enjoy your work notcation? In as much as you can enjoy a four day uh, conference uh, where you never leave the Mandalay Bay. Resort and casino. Yeah. <laughs> I, the only, I mean, I went for that walk on Wednesday when we got there and uh, we went outside to get to the restaurant that we ultimately learned we could have stayed inside and walked to. Yes. Um, had we figured that out, the only time we really would have had to have left the hotel was to get in the taxi to go to the airport. Yeah. Well, the Thursday when I got up, I walked to that gas station across oh, the street right. and yeah. got yep. snacks for a couple of days because it was Las Vegas and everything there is stupidly expensive. <laughs> so dumb. One can of White Monster, which is my preferred caffeine method, caffeine intake method, was like $6. Yep. Celsius is mine. Two ninety nine at a, at a speedway around here. Yep. Six fifty nine for for a can of Celsius. It is outrageous. That said, had we not made that trip... We would not have discovered that Flavor Flav flies Spirit Airlines. Yeah, we were on a plane with Flavor Flav on the way home. We were two rows behind him. He got on uh, with the uh, his very large clock. I know, I know you don't. I know you have to think about large clocks, um, cartoonishly <laughs> large clocks. It took me a second. I never. I I didn't pay that much attention to uh, him. I figured like. This man does not want my, me staring a hole in him, so I yeah. didn't really look at him. No, I, I looked up. I acknowledged that that's clearly Flavor Flav. Um, but what was funny is when he got on the plane at like 4 in the morning, because uh, we were having a 5 a.m. flight back yeah. home, uh, he had the clock out. And then when he got up, you know, the, the, the traditional stand up and wait to deplane, mm-hmm. he had tucked it into his hoodie mm-hmm. as if, and so like it looked like he was like, like he got shy about his Iron Man cosplay. Aww. So there's like this big bulge Aww. in his body. <laughs> like he was trying to hide. And then somebody yelled from the back, Flavor Flav. Yep. And he gave me a little peace sign. But then when we got to baggage yeah, claim, yeah. Uh, he almost stepped on my, my feet twice trying to get to his luggage. Well, in his defense, your feet are gigantic. I do have massive feet. Uh, but then watching him like very firmly, but very politely, <laughs> shoo away uh, selfie seekers, uh, was interesting. Yeah. I mean, so, he was just trying to get his luggage at one point. A woman was like, can you get a selfie? And he was like, not now. Not now. I just got off a four-hour plane ride. I've been up since 3 a.m. Yeah. I'm trying to get my luggage. Yep. Not now. That was <laughs> that was that was the highlight. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, for, from a work perspective, it was, it was great to see my coworkers because I, you know, I, uh, I direct a region, as it were, so I'm out here on an island, uh, not seeing a lot of my coworkers. So it was nice to see them in uh, in real life. Uh, you got to get away from the kids for a couple of days. I you got did. to spend time by the pool and have an overpriced drink. Oh yes, but just the um, one because drinks were so overpriced, I couldn't stomach paying for another one. Got a funny tan line on your boobies. I did because I wear that silly uh, bikini with the crisscrossy like over the chest. Yep. So now I have, I have a burn. I have yep. pink diamonds on my titties yep 
<laughs> it's not going away. No. Well, I mean, it just takes a little while yeah. for a sunburn to go away. Yeah. It doesn't just go. It goes old Katie Diamond tits. Yep. That's me, Katie so, Diamond tits. So yeah, it was I, it was good. I a lot of people are really surprised when I say that I did not like I would not go back to Vegas. Willingly. No, never. Uh, I hate Vegas so much that I want to go to Oakland uh, before the A's move, uh, possibly move to Vegas. I would rather go to Oakland. Yeah. Uh, and ever go back to Las Vegas. Then go back to Las Vegas. Yeah. And I say that simply from the standpoint that uh, Oakland is a is a fairly rough town. But I grew up in Flint, so oh yeah, you know I'm I understand. So, anything else you want to air out before we get this show on the road? Anything? Any uh, any like other a veiled reference to the fact that my guts are grumbling? No, I might too no, I, the I did not. <laughs> but now that you've mentioned it, yeah, uh, it's going to be adventures in editing. If you. <laughs> you hear if you hear a fart sound it was actually katie and not me just randomly inserting a fart sound into the the podcast yeah well it would be weird for you to do it now it would be but other than that no i'm good the kids are sleeping i've got my beverage i've got my notes pulled up here we're good let's do a freaking podcast let's do a podcast my love what are we uh what are we casting pods about this week this week we are read. i read or i am currently reading uh a book called courageous hearts by emmy sanders it is book five in the plum valley cowboys series whoa yeah cowboy romances are their own genre and i generally don't read them for no specific reason other than they just don't catch me yeah and that's fine but they're great ones out there i've read great ones i picked this one specifically because i liked the blurb on the back most specifically because a lot of it takes place in a cabaret bar with live show tunes oh yeah and you know how much i love that shit i do now Um, quick point of clarification say the author's name again emmy sanders okay so it's emmy or is it m e okay emmy sanders i I wasn't sure if like m e were initials oh yeah no sorry e m m y emmy sanders just want to clarify yeah it's it's been great so far this is going to be a two-parter just because you know yep my mental health still being what it is i don't want to force myself because i know me if i force myself to read this too fast i'll stop liking reading yeah so i'm just gonna read i'm just gonna read i'm 50 percent of the way through the book it's a great book we'll keep reading it yeah plus it's uh and i i, I don't mean this in a, a way that's disrespectful to the listeners but it's our show yeah. and uh we're, we're gonna roll it out the the way that we know how and i'm sure that the listeners we have are they understand the the value and importance of monitoring and uh, kind of checking in with your mental health. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think. I would hope. Yeah. But, I mean, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. I can, <laughs> what, can, what the fuck do I know about strangers? It's true. <laughs> uh, hey, reach out to us on social media. Let us know if you're a good person or a bad person. <laughs> Sorry. There, there it is again. It was mid-drink and you said that and I almost shot that out of my nose. <laughs> No, but again, in uh, another in a long line of me saying things that I don't think are going to be funny, and you're in like in the middle of like you know taking a taking a vape hit or <laughs> yeah. a bong rip yep. or a drink, yep. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me <laughs> if you think you're a good person or a bad person. How do you think that's gonna go? Well, most days Subjective. I feel like a pretty good person. Oh, you meant okay. You're repeating my line back to me. What are the content warnings? Well, no. Tell us more about the price of this book. Okay. Um, so this book is available for four ninety nine on Kindle uh, or through Kindle Unlimited. And on Amazon, it says you can get it in paperback. So I'm guessing th- that she's got print yeah. set up. Actually, I don't know. Let me double check. Just 
Okay. Sorry, I just wanted to confirm no, her no. gender before we before we got started. Emmy Sanders, she, her. Which comes into play. Yes, because this is a book that has a non-binary main character in it. I initially wanted to do only Alphabet Mafia books for June, mm-hmm. but then that felt a little like rainbow capitalisty or oh, something uh, yeah, no. like i mean I, I follow this woman on tiktok um uh mom smutty book club mm-hmm. and she did she read like 35 lgbt books for june it's a lot of books and she made a tiktok about every single one of them she's great i'm not saying that she in doing that was like being disingenuous and rainbow no. capitalisty i just i didn't i didn't want to be like well, since I'm doing this podcast, I should probably make the gays happy. Like that just seems no, no. I I understand, yeah. and 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 we have talked about it. We we know that we want to make sure that we're presenting a broad cross section, yeah, of of romance, and we will, you know, over the course of time. Yeah, over the course of time, we've done a lot of monsters lately. Yeah, um, so we're trying to get more humans in, and uh, humans come in every sexuality imaginable. Oh, so mean, you you you. you, you. You got there too fast. I was going to say, each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes they do. (laughs) Sometimes they do. Anyway, um, where were we? Okay, yes. This book is $4.99 or through Kindle Unlimited, or you can buy a book in print. And Amazon will print you up one and send it right to your house. There you go. Content warnings for content this Content warnings. Okay, so this, in the front of the book, there is a, a true content warning or a trigger warning. There's not, um, it's not a tags list. So this book contains homophobia and the misgendering and dead naming of main characters, mentions of fertility struggles for side characters, and mentions of past parental abuse. Uh, please take caution if the subject matter may be triggering for you. So there you go. That is an excellent content warning. Yes, there is, that is an excellent content warning. Um, so let's let's dive right into it, shall let's we? Fucking get after it, and uh, uh, and thank you for sticking around because I feel like we're kind of kicking the rust off here. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? You can trim out what we don't need. Yeah, I know you. I know you're good at that. Okay. Um, so this is book five of the Plum Valley Cowboys series, which is an LGBTQ plus cowboy romance series. It, it uh, some of the books also have ace representation, poly representation. There's a lot of great content here and I will be going back and reading more of them but again my TBR grows forever and ever and ever and ever and ever I'll never have the day my TBR is empty call someone there's something wrong Carl I've run out of books (laughs) I don't want to do there's no more books I don't want to read the classic I don't want to read it again okay so starting off with our MMC, Jameson Wright, who <laughs> his name is Mr. Wright. That's <laughs> comes into play later. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but I just think it's funny. Um, is the new bartender at Gertie's Cabaret in Chicago. All right. Yeah. This whole most of all of what I've read so far takes place in Chicago, but eventually they will be going back to Plum Valley, Texas. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder if we're going to recognize any locales from our many, many, many visits to Chicago. Oh, just Navy Pier. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, we, I mean, we don't, we, we spent a lot of time in, in Andersonville, which is a uh, very gay friendly enclave. So yeah, I thought sure. maybe this takes place there, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. So he is a seasoned and trained bartender. Uh, with a mixology license, you know, the kind of person who can make a shit ton of money mm-hmm. mixing drinks. Uh, during his first weekend shift after he's got like the lay of the land and stuff, he gets to see the actual cabaret 
for the first time. They do live musical performances. So it's not uh, lip syncing, which is not always, but often the case in a modern cabaret. Mm -hmm. And they do new numbers every single week they rehearse all week long they're very dedicated it sounds like the coolest place i want to go there so bad like this place sounds so cool it's all like 20s chic with like a lot of velvet and like crystal chandeliers and stuff yep sounds super oh and everybody dresses appropriately so like jameson in the first chapter was like i, I kind of like suspenders i think i might more just buy yeah. more just because i like having them <laughs> i like aesthetic i like places that have an aesthetic but i don't like places that have a theme this, eh. this sounds like it has an aesthetic. It does. It okay. has an aesthetic. It's trying very hard to capture that 1920s glamour yeah. that wasn't real, but it's what we remember. Yeah. You know. And I and I think if for anybody listening going, what's, what's the difference? Uh, to me, I think it's like the difference between aesthetic and theme is, aside from like any technical definition, is it's kind of like pornography. You can't define it, but you know it when you see it kind of thing. Yeah. Well, an aesthetic is like, this is like a 1920 speakeasy. A theme yeah. is like Bubba Gump Shrimp Company where the entire place is just dripping in like a weird kitsch. Yeah, but you could do that with the 1920s theme as well. That's why I hate theme parties. Yeah, all right, fair. All right. Fair. All right, so okay. Jameson likes suspenders. So, Jameson likes suspenders, and he's the new bartender at this awesome cabaret club got it um the opening act is one of the greatest cabaret songs of all time maybe this time from cabaret not in the original production by the way it was written for liza minnelli for the movie yeah and it's oh look even, at that even i got i've got goosebumps i love that song. look at that look at that bfa coming through yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for once in my life my theater knowledge actually actually helps um he watches the performer do an absolutely incredible and passionate rendition of maybe this time and he is immediately smitten deep smitten deep smitten um with the person on the stage until he meets that person he calls that person he in his mind okay um because he has looked at a masculine shaped body got it but that that is very quickly corrected Bo is our them mc yeah you yeah I like that. <laughs> them, them mc them mc um they are non-binary uh meaning that uh they in in their their version of what it means to be non-binary they have both masculine and feminine traits they prefer to dress a little more feminine they've removed most of their body hair they like makeup they like lingerie they like a lot of things that are quote-unquote traditionally feminine um, but they are also not a woman so yeah they are they they are from texas and they have an accent and it's in even in the um like dialogue there's mm -hmm. a lot of like darlings and and dropped G's at the ends of the ING's and stuff yeah. like that. And I just love it. I just love it. I'm, I'm just imagining this like smooth sort of like sexy Texas twang thing. And mm -hmm. I, I, I just love it. Okay. So let's see. They are nine binary. They prefer an androgenic and femme fashion. They're an incredibly talented performer and they live with fellow Gertie's employee and bartender D. She works behind the bar with Jameson. 
after they're done with their performance for the evening, another performer whose name is Bridget, who is, I, I just love her. I think Bridget's <laughs> fantastic. Okay. Um, uh, it makes them aware of uh, the hot new bartender. Uh, she's like, you should just, just go out, just go out and take a, just take a look. So on their way out, they stop very briefly at the bar to tell D their roommate that they are going home. Um, and they get a look at Jameson and yeah, he's, he's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So they're into it. But they also have a lot of like deep seated self-esteem issues mm-hmm. and they don't pursue like as soon as they're like, oh, yeah, he's so hot. Too bad. <laughs> it's it, it, I was so sad when I read it. I was like, no, <laughs> no, not too bad. Shoot your shot, Shoot your shot babe. It's you don't know until you know. Exactly. You, take, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. There you go. <laughs> uh, so on their way home Bo gets a call from their only recently discovered half brother Cooper apparently Cooper's story is like the book before okay and Cooper didn't realize nobody realized nobody realized that that Cooper that, was part of their family oh I thought you meant the character of, in a book <laughs> what? you okay. said Co- and Cooper was in the last book and nobody realized oh, <laughs> that he was he was even there he was even in the book at all no <laughs> No, Cooper was in the last book, and I guess he didn't. He didn't realize uh, what his what his what his lineage was. Um, and and while I haven't actually gotten to that point yet, and I haven't read the third book to confirm, I am guessing it's because Bo's father is a piece of shit. Okay. And fucked around and made babies where he shouldn't have. Cooper is a sweet baby angel. He's like a he's like a golden retriever. He's just like so excited and happy all of the time. He is in a polycule with. Will and True are the names of his partners. Okay. Um, and they all live together in Plum Valley. So Cooper, like, very briefly catches Bo up on some family stuff, including the ongoing issues that he is having with their brother, Diesel. Diesel is Bo's full brother and Cooper's half-brother. Mm-hmm. And he's also a piece of shit. Fuck you, Diesel. Um, Eat shit, Diesel. <laughs> he is all he's just like he's all kinds of phobic it's just ugh. um bo bo no longer talks to him if he can help it and he's com- he's he's a complete piece of shit like they don't want to have anything to do yeah with diesel if they can help it um seems reasonable once he, they get home bo uh goes to sleep thinking of the day that they might fall asleep in a pair of strong arms oh yeah the next day, uh, Jameson has a video call with his twin brother, Grant, and Grant's wife, Sophia. Grant is an interesting character. He's a very type A, and he has a lot to say about Jameson's choice of being a bartender, like uh, as a career. Should have been a lawyer um, or whatever. Because he's a teacher. Oh, okay. And he's like, he's had a path in life f- since like day nine. You know, open yeah. your eyes, perceive shapes, decide career. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it went for Grant and and for Sophia. They're both very like. But that seems like if you're that kind of person, teaching wouldn't be the thing you went into. You know what I mean? I don't know. Academia seems like the kind of place a person might want to go if they need a lot of structure. Well, I yes, but then also, I mean, I just associate that that personality type with people who are motivated by by money oh yeah no it's not it's not that it's about money it's just that he he knows exactly what he wants okay yeah that's fair and he thinks that jameson's choice to be be flightier is a problem no okay it's not but anyway so grant and sophia are having trouble conceiving 
They're going through another round of IVF. Things are rough for them right now, but they're doing their best. And Jay is, Jameson is, he's happy for his brother, but he's also really sad because his parents had a love match and he grew up understanding that you could find a relationship that was meant to last. Mm -hmm. And so he doesn't, one of the things that Grant kind of gives him shit about is the number of women that he's been with. And he never gives them more than a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, settle down, give, give someone time to actually like be your person. But Jameson believes in like the spark. He believes in the one. Mm -hmm. He doesn't think he should have to like let something grow on him, you know, like a fungus or whatever. Um, and I can't say that I disagree because I, you, what what about me? Because we had like instant connection. Well, I mean, I did. I didn't realize you did because for many years you've always said. I've I just said I didn't fall, fall in love with you the second I looked at you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've always said I always knew that you were going to be incredibly important to me from the moment I looked at you. I just wasn't in love. She's never said this, folks. She's only saying this because the microphone. No, I'm kidding. She has said that. <laughs> but I have said from the moment I've, I saw her that I, I knew that I loved her. Um, but I'm, I'm much more a uh, fuck it. Kind of guy. Yeah. For I mean, I'll plan the big shit. <laughs> but when it comes to like picking a life partner, nah, fuck yeah. it. <laughs> mm, that one. Yeah, the tall one with the big butt. I picked that one. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Jameson and Grant have a nice conversation, um, sort of, uh, because Grant is giving him a very hard time, you know, just about being who he is yeah. as a person. But Jameson can't really fault him for that so much because they're twins. They're about as close as two people can be. And uh, their dad died like 20 years ago and it really brought them together. Like they're they're very close. They're very close people. Um Jameson goes to work that evening. Um, he actually meets Bo. They have the pronouns discussion. Jameson internally chastises himself for misgendering Bo in his own mind before he met Bo. Yeah, innocent he, mistake. Once you've once you've been corrected, just move yeah, on. You know, he, he apologizes. Bo is very gracious, as you know, only a person who constantly has to have the pronoun discussion can be. Yeah. And Jameson ponders whether or not they should be. Should they have to walk through life constantly having to explain their identity because society is so dedicated to the binary? Heavy questions, big, big, heavy stuff yeah. happening in this romance. And uh, but it, that's it's not it's not dwelled on, but it's definitely an important part of the conversation. I mean, it has to be yeah. obviously when you know you got to talk about who you are. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so Jameson, who is cis and uh, assumes himself to be straight at this point, is intrigued by Bo and although he can't see it we can see it as the reader he's also super into Bo oh yeah um there's a lot of like watching them as they walk away and making sure that he can see them when they're performing and I mean constantly thinking about them constantly thinking about them and the whole time I'm just like a giddy little schoolgirl. I'm like oh he's got a crush he's got a crush <laughs> you've got a crush it's it's just so great this is this is this is very much how she is this is how she was when I came out as bisexual as well oh my god <laughs> every single time you tell me like a new person you think is hot I'm like yes tell me everything <laughs> And I'm always just like, yeah, he's kind of cute. I want to, I want to gossip about boys with you. Come I, on. I know, but I'm still not fully like. How do I talk to bo- talk to my 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 wife about 
boys without then turning around and feeling like, oh, so you th- wait. I think he's cute. You can't think he's cute. Then I get jealous, and it, it, it you know, like I don't. But oh, I was gonna say, I, I mean, <laughs> I also like boys, so we can just talk I, about. I know, yes, cute boys. But yes. you're, you're talking about then being uncomfortable that it, I like the, boys. But yeah. then, it, then you acknowledging the, you know, it, then it because I still have my issues that I have to deal with. But I'm learning. You are, and you're doing a good job. It takes a long time to deprogramming. 45 years of heteronormativity from your brain exactly Um, but yeah so this is very very true to who she is oh yeah i was so excited i was just giddy the whole time i was like oh i can't wait i can't wait until they fall in love yay um but the pan the pan awakening is beginning for jameson got it um that night after their show um bo takes a phone call from their brother from diesel and Mm -hmm. it is just awful so diesel insists on dead naming bo all the time and uh constantly says things like i'll always love my brother like you never had a brother my guy and Bo is basically like no see, here's the thing you don't have a brother yeah exactly <laughs> and i will not i will not tolerate this like i've told you so many times at one point diesel's like well i'm, I'm trying to be cool with the fact that you're gay and Bo's like i'm not gay i can't be gay i'm not a man like what the fuck <laughs> Um, it's like talking to a really stupid brick wall. Yes. It was like talking to the most intolerant brick wall. And at the end of the conversation, he's like, well, you you, you got to meet me halfway here. <laughs> and I <laughs> was like, no, I don't. Because Hard you're no. not moving. Yeah. That's just making me go backward. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> look, if we're 100 feet apart and 50 feet is halfway, we should both move 25 feet. Me moving 50 feet closer to you yeah. is not halfway yeah. because you have not moved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and like throughout this book, um, whenever things are from Bo's perspective, they spend a lot of time thinking about the fact that when they were younger, before they had like their spiritual come to Jesus moments where they realized they couldn't live their life this way, even though they knew they weren't a boy from the time they were very small, they tried to fit in as much as they could. And with their father and Diesel, that meant being a homophobic piece of shit and a bully. Yeah. And they feel really terrible about that. It just, it crushes them a lot. It's really sad. But they do, they do things to heal the karmic wounds of that as well. And they're doing a lot better. After they finish their phone call with Diesel, they start crying. Because who wouldn't? And um, Jameson finds them in the storage room. He comforts them and gives them a big hug, finds some tissues. He blots like their mascara for them. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet <laughs> to do it for them because yeah. they can't see. Like I was like, oh, he's such a good man. You can't see your own eyes. Um, no, you can't. You can't see it. The moment we had that realization <laughs> that you couldn't see anything from the shoulders up on your own body was like, oh. Oh God! But, but specifically, you said I can't see my own chin, and uh, we we had just smoked, <laughs> and yeah. that was one of the highest things I'd ever heard in my life, and I was just floored because I was forty four years old and never thought of that. Yeah, you can't you know? see your own chin or your own nose or your yeah. cheeks, your mouth. You kind of see your nose. Oh yeah, if you cross your eyes, you can see your nose, but yeah. your brain your brain blocks your nose out. Yeah, at all. Like you can see your nose all the time. 
but your brain blocks it out. Anyway, so then once the once Bo has calmed down and Jameson is pretty sure that they're they're okay, he invites them to come and just hang out at the bar. Um just like be around people not go home and sit and mope yeah in the silence um and the next morning Bo wakes up in jameson's bed hell no <laughs> he's in pjs Bo is in pjs everybody's wearing pajamas uh, okay they're they didn't have sex but they cuddled very drunkenly apparently when they went out to the bar jameson started serving them drinks they got a little too drunk and jameson was like I'll drive you home. And Bo was like, take me to your house. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Shoot your shoot shot. Shoot your shot, damn it. And immediately they like got into his wardrobe and like put on a pair of his pajamas and climbed into his bed and just demanded cuddles. Like, right. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah, it would. It is. It is what I do. Yeah. Snuggle me. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you. Give it the face. Get over here. Snuggle me. Snuggle me. When they realize what's happened, they are mortified. They are assuming that they forced themselves into this situation. They don't think that Jameson would just happily go along with cuddling Mm -hmm. up to a hot person. Yeah. They think that they must have made Jameson uncomfortable in doing that. And so they try to, like, gently roll out of bed and get ready and leave. But Jameson's like, uh, no, I like cuddling. Come back. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I'm not just a, a heart. I'm not just a hot bartender. I uh, also like cuddles. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they have a conversation about everything that happened. They agree to be friends, and that's really all Bo thinks that is ever going to happen. At that point, they're just like, okay, well, we're friends, I guess, and friends can drunkenly cuddle yeah. with each other. So why not? But I know what show we're on. We're on Cheap Smut. Yeah, we are. So I know. Yeah, <laughs> they're uh, not going to stick with just the cuddles. No, they're not. Because uh, at the end of their conversation, Jameson confirms he also really likes their lacy underpants. So, <laughs> well, hey. there you go. Uh, Bo is still embarrassed and uh, all like traumatized by this whole experience of waking up in Jameson's bed. So they're like, "Okay, we can be friends and now take me home, please." Um, so Jameson drives them home to avoid doing the walk of shame because. Bo did not bring their spare set of clothes. Yeah. They don't want to go home in the same clothes that they were wearing the night before. Jameson, on the drive home, is just listening to Bo sing and like looking at their face in the morning light and like just thinking about how much he likes them. They're they're sort of like gentle and mm. shy, but when they're performing, they have this huge energy and these big feelings and when they want something they go for it and he he likes that about them but he's also really confused because again jameson still assumes that he's straight at this point yeah been there later that day jameson goes to his monthly lunch that he has with his mom and grant and um his sister-in-law whose name i can't remember right now jameson and grant have a like a disagreement but their mom refuses to let them like sit on anything so she's like well we'll we'll go in the other room just for a couple of minutes and you guys need to talk you need to talk right now yeah suss <laughs> um, it out she's she's a sweet lady i really really like his mother i've only seen met her once so far in this book but she's she's so sweet yeah i really appreciate the communication between jameson and grant because even though they disagree a lot they always talk about it like mm-hmm. right away and they're really respectful of each other it's really cool um 
a night of work at the bar. <laughs> Great. Um, on nights where they aren't performing, Bo is also a server. They have really sweet and like comfortable relationships with most of their coworkers. So it's really nice to just kind of watch their banter. Mm-hmm. A lot of this book, because it's it's just a real world book, there's no monsters or fantasy elements that we need to like be told about is just day-to-day life yeah. and it's and it's really nice to watch things unfold naturally yeah that's i mean one of my favorite comic books of all time strangers in paradise yeah the ultimate slice of life comic i love it to death uh go check it out i highly recommend it uh, a couple years ago for christmas you got the massive omnibus for me for yes i did and uh, I, I i always feel bad because i haven't read it yet but i've i've read it well as you read all of strangers in paradise you just wanted to own all of it so yeah. i bought you all of it for christmas yeah and it got delivered to the neighbor's house yes it did <laughs> we were so nervous because it's a very expensive gift yes. anyway uh go check out strangers in paradise oh it's so good anyway um so they have a couple of conversations with jameson throughout the course of the night at one point i think before the bar actually opens they go to change a light bulb like in one of the booths and as soon as jameson sees them with a ladder he's like whoa whoa, whoa what are you doing what are you doing i can, <laughs> I, can, I can do this for you i can it's, it's fine no just are you safe like he can they three, climb up they climb up the ladder and he he like grabs the ladder f- legs and like puts a hand on the small of bow's back like just to make sure that they're not gonna fall yeah and uh then at like the end of the night they have another conversation with him and i was like oh this this man is so into you Bosif, listen to me. <laughs> He's so into you. And I am like living for the moment that you see how into you he is. But they still think that he just thinks of them as a friend. Uh, but friends don't look down at you with hooded eyes and blown pupils, my friend. <laughs> love how invested you are i am so i was so invested in all of this i was like oh my god i cannot believe this look at all of these signs bo bo look (laughs) at the signs don't make me tap the fucking sign bo (laughs) you should just see it (laughs) come on (laughs) babe come on okay look at Um, the sign Anyway. The next day, Bo goes to meet their new little because they are part of the Big Brothers Big Sisters organization. Mm-hmm. Um, as one of their sort of moral penance that they do, they they help kids who need help, and that's where we get all of the like I used to be a big bully mm-hmm. stuff happens there because their little is asking them like how how do you deal with bullies and they're like I don't know I was one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but I think they, they end up saying like bull- bullies just bullies won't fight numbers. So just find other people who are also being victimized by this bully mm-hmm. and form a group. Yeah. Fucking unions get shit done. That's right? true. So <laughs> collective bargaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they, this is the first time they're meeting their little, their little's name is Damien. Um, he's 15. Okay. And it was just, it was just a really cute little scene. On their way home, they muse about how happy they are now and how there's there's not like just a big ball of hate sitting in their gut anymore. And that's that's just a nice feeling to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are still very misunderstood and it's hard to find love when first dates come with weird, confusing assumptions, fetishizers, the constant pronoun conversation, yeah. having to justify your own identity to someone, you know. So they're they don't think they're ever gonna find love, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I want to hug you. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but also look at this guy over here. He can't stop fucking looking at your ass. Okay, so 
Bo has a surprise birthday party. That's in quotes mm-hmm. because they know that they're having a birthday party and they know when it's going to be. They just don't know where it's going to be. Uh, okay. So Bridget brings Bo, but Bo has asked D to please invite Jameson to their birthday party. So Jameson's also there and they go to this crazy, weird, not weird, just it's a concept I've never heard of before. But that's because I'm from Michigan and we don't have clubs here, let alone the kind of club that does a combination of cowboy aesthetic and EDM. No, 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 no. (laughs) I mean, maybe like a pop up or some sort of rave or something, (laughs) but like an actual club where it's like, that's just the thing. Yeah. Like in, I think in the chapter, Jameson was like, I don't think I've ever been to a bar where they've played like country music EDM. No, probably not. No, it's crazy. So Bo shows up. They have turned 23. Uh, Jameson is 30, just in case anybody cares. And they are dressed impeccably. Every description of Bo's wardrobe, I'm like, oh, I want it. I want it. I can't dress like that, but I want that. Uh, so they're wearing like the like a short pleated skirt and like a really flowy top and like super cool shoes. I just I just want to I just want to have a cool wardrobe, but I can't. Sure you, sure you can. Well, it's harder. It's harder for me because yeah. a I am fat, and that means that there are fewer clothing options for me. Mm-hmm. And b we are broke, <laughs> so it's hard to find stuff that fits that is actually <laughs> affordable. I wouldn't say broke. We're not broke, but we're like just, I can't. I don't have like we just hundreds yeah. of dollars to throw around on nice clothing that fits my fat frame i was gonna say don't what do you know that i don't know i thought i managed the finances but i see what you're saying having said that i am gonna go to target this week so don't be surprised no worries (laughs) so the reason that they came to this specific bar for Bo's birthday is because they have a mechanical bull oh i love mechanical bull but it's not your traditional ride it till you get thrown mechanical bull (laughs) oh no it is a slow mechanical bull with a sexy man on it. <laughs> it's basically a lap dance on a mechanical bull. Mechanical bull. <laughs> yes. So Bo, uh, D has paid for Bo's ride on the mechanical bull for their birthday. So there's a man. There's a man. A living human man. Yes. On this bull. Like a, like a Magic Mike style hot man okay. dressed like a cowboy. So is he just the bull or is he also no, on he's the... on the bull. Okay. And so it's like it's like he gives the lap dance while the bull is moving. Uh yep. Okay. I see it now. But slowly yep. in that sensuous rolling kind yep. of way. An, un- an undulating lap dance. Yep. And Jameson watches all of this and he is like equal parts incredibly horny and incredibly jealous. Yeah. And I was just like <laughs> I loved it. Shoot your shot. Jameson. Somebody shoot their fucking shot. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. My notes. <laughs> this does not sit well with Jay, who is very concerned with Bo's skirt length and also Bo's legs. <laughs> okay. uh, Jay is uh, Jameson is wrecked about someone else touching Bo like that, but he has no idea why. Um, <laughs> uh, I do. Yeah, we all know, but Jameson needs to come to his own conclusions about his own sexuality. Yeah. Uh, but we we love a jealous like love awakening thing yeah. not like i don't like jealousy in books not any more than i like jealousy. it in real life but i love that moment in certain books where somebody gets super jealous 
of a person that they didn't think they were attracted to being like just touched by another yeah by another man woman and be whatever just I love that moment. I'm like, oh, you finally fucking figured it out. You yeah. finally got there, motherfucker. The next day is a slow day for Bo. They get birthday calls from their loved ones. Um, they go get bagels with their best friend. Uh, they have a video call with their brother Cooper and Cooper's boyfriends, Will and True. Uh, mostly this is to establish that Bo is going to go back to Plum Valley at okay. some point. People okay. keep saying, you should come back. Not to stay, but like you should come back. Right. And then next chapter is when, so Jameson has a call with his brother just to talk some shit out because who else are you going to bounce things off of except the guy who looks just like you, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he also, he doesn't trust anybody as much as he trusts Grant. So he needs to have a conversation with him. So he basically lays it all out on the table. He is, he is concerned that he is attracted to the feminine elements of Bo's aesthetic Mm -hmm. the makeup the lingerie the heels he's worried that what he's that he's what he's actually attracted to is just the feminine qualities of Bo yeah and that he isn't seeing the whole picture of Bo and like what if one day Bo's feeling more mask yeah will he still be attracted to them yeah but Grant is pretty quick to point out like well they can't dress like they're in the cabaret all the time like, have you seen them in regular street clothes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wear slightly more feminine styles, but they still wear, like, track pants, like a, like a regular human being. And he is attracted to them, or he's intrigued by them when they're not all dolled up as well. So Grant's like, okay, so sh- I think you have your answer on that one. Yeah. And then <laughs> after, like, two pages of prodding, Grant finally gets him to admit that he's a little concerned about the penis. He's not, he's never been with a person with a penis before. Fair. So he's not sure like what to make of all of that. And he doesn't want to end up like being insensitive and hurting Bo when he's actually faced with their dick Yeah. and is like, I can't, he doesn't want to do that. Of course. And Grant's like, okay, but is it, is it the body that you're into or is it Bo that yeah. you're into? Because if it's, and then Grant's like, oh wait. Just a second. I think I just realized I'm less straight than I thought because I just realized that if my wife was a man, I would still love her very much and I would still want to fuck her all the time. Yeah. So I think maybe I'm not as straight as I thought I was either. I think everybody's not quite as straight as they think they are. If, <laughs> but if they're being honest with if themselves. If they're being honest yeah. with themselves. Anyway, so <laughs> he basically tells Jameson, like, just tell Bo. They don't sound like a bad person. They don't sound like they'll be mean about it. Tell them. Give it a try. Talk to them. For the love of God, don't just talk to me. Take it out in the backyard. <laughs> try it out. Exactly. So uh, that night at work, Jameson watches Bo perform in Gertie, Gertie Cabaret's rendition of the Cell Block Tango. Oh, boy. Oh, hell yes. Um, Lipshits. <laughs> Lipshits. Um, so Bo is six. If okay. I don't know how well you know that song. <laughs> um, so it's Pop, Six, Squish, Ah, Ah, Cicero, Lipschitz are the six, uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. the six verses. And six is the... He ran into my knife guy? Or woman? Um, person? No, that's Squish. Case. Okay. Um, six is... I fell in love with this guy and then I found out later that he had six wives because he was <sighs> oh, a Mormon. Yeah. So I killed him. Yep. Um, he had it coming. Yeah. Um, so Bo does that, and Jameson's like, "I can't work 
my erection's too strong. Been there. <laughs> I think I'm going to pass out. So uh, he, that basically confirms for him like, okay, I think I need to, I, I think I need to do this. Yeah. I can't not do this. <laughs> I have a, par- a parenthetical in my notes that just says, think about how the cell block performers are dressed. You will be unsurprised to learn that Jameson now knows for sure that he isn't straight. <laughs> uh, because they all yeah. dress in lingerie yeah. for that number. And just a s- s- moment of silence. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah definitely not straight. Mm-hmm. So the awakening is complete. Yeah. <laughs> After their shift at the end of the night, Bo answers their phone without checking because Coop calls them every night during their train ride home Mm -hmm. to make sure that they get home safe. So they answer just thinking it's Cooper, but it's Diesel again. And they have an absolutely terrible conversation in the alley behind Gertie's. Diesel has called because he is concerned about their father. He thinks that something's wrong, but their father won't say anything about it. Mm. Like he thinks their dad's probably dying, but their dad's a piece of shit. And Bo doesn't know if they want to go back home Mm -hmm. to say anything to their dad. Why would they? So they go through the motions of having this conversation it's full with full of just as much like homophobia and blah 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 and at the end of it they just give diesel the lecture of a lifetime and look down to see that he hung up the phone on them because (laughs) my guess is he doesn't want to take responsibility for the fact that he tortured his own sibling for years but you know who knows my hope is that it's guilt and not just awfulness i don't know but so they're crying in the alley as they often do when they are uh finishing a phone call with their brother uh but jameson comes out the back door with like a bag of bar trash or something um and as soon as he sees them crying in the alley he approaches them and before they can say anything he just kisses them yes it was like oh yes still holding the bag of bar trash no, I think I think he threw the trash out first. <laughs> well, you didn't say that explicitly. Well, I shouldn't have to. <laughs> well, so the kiss is absolute fire. Dropped I, your vape and everything. I I almost screamed. Like I was so excited. I'm a very stoic reader, so I don't get like all emotional, like outwardly emotional when I read. Can't but confirm. I was almost like, ah! I was so excited. <laughs> but Jameson has to go back to work, so they agree to talk the next (laughs) night put a pin in this yeah just boop put a pin in that we'll come back to it the next night after their shift and an excellent kiss outside of the bar they go back to jameson's house um where they have another incredible makeout sesh on the couch and Bo's like all right let's do this like let's Mm -hmm. let's we're getting naked and we're doing it now but jameson wants to have a serious conversation first jameson's a responsible boy yeah so um, mostly what they really need, what he really needs to know is um, what Bo prefers to call their genitals, which for those who may not be aware, often the normal words that we use to describe our genitals have to be substituted because of dysphoria. Mm, okay. So he just wants to make sure that he doesn't say something that's going to hurt the mood. But Bo's cool with it. Bo's cool with dick and cock. Bo knows what equipment they're rocking. Yep. And they've worked through all of their dysphoria already, which is great for them because that sounds like it's really, really hard. And I'm proud of them. <laughs> so uh, Jameson then swoops right into the seduction. There's body exploration. There's um, lots of touching. Uh, I think they stay. They go up to they go up to his bed. I don't remember if they do this on the couch or in his bed, but um, this there is it's mu- mutual masturbation. Okay. Um, and oof, oh, it was it was really good. 
it was really good. I was very, I was very happy. This, this paid off. Okay. <laughs> good. Um, I like, I, I, I like when the book makes you happy. It, yes, it does. It makes me very happy. So, um, Jameson is officially totally cool with the cock. Yeah. <laughs> he loves Bo's body. He loves everything about their body, Fun including sto- their dick. <laughs> Fun story. Turns out. I enjoy penis. <laughs> fun story for you. Fun story yeah. for me. Fun story for both of us. Was not previously aware. Now I know. Yeah. And then in parentheticals in the middle of my notes, it just says pause to rant because Jameson has a huge cock. Of course. Because of course he does. Of course he does. Of course he does. Why wouldn't he? Oh, Ugh. I mean, I think at some point in the book, Bo is even like, I'm not really a size queen. I don't really care, yeah. but it's huge and I want it. Oh, okay, fine. fine. I didn't. I didn't know I wanted huge cock until I got a huge cock. The huge cock awakening. Yeah, the huge cock awakening. <laughs> Hello, Cleveland. Hello, indeed. Um, so the next morning, Bo asks for a word that I didn't know until I learned it in this book: frauding, frittage. Oh, yes, okay. For, yeah, know, a grind, a rut, if you will. All right. And so they do that together and uh, melting emoji. Um, <laughs> uh, and then at the end, Bo begs to be bitten. Oh. Um, so Bo has a biting kink. There's going to be a lot of hickeys Ew. in this one, I think. The next, uh, they have breakfast. They're all glowy. It's adorable. There's like scrambled eggs and sweet kisses. And it's just, it's, it's great. Bo asks Jameson to teach them how to cook because they never learned how. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Uh, everybody should learn how to cook. And I'm glad that Bo's being proactive in feeding their body. Yeah, you got to. Jay is just, he's, Jameson is the sweetest and most easygoing. Like, he's just cool with anything. He's like, okay, you want to go home? Cool, we're going home. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't care. He he wants Bo to be happy, and that's it. And Bo has no fucking clue what to do with that. They're like, I don't know how to handle a person who just wants me to be happy and doesn't want anything from me. Yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to deal with. I get it. I do. I get it. At work that evening, Bo and Bridget have a conversation about how Bo is now dating Jameson officially. Yeah. We're dating is how they say it. It's great. It's so cute. And then they kind of apologize to Bridget because Bridget or- originally was like, look at the new bartender. He's so hot. And Bridget's like, no, what the? F- no, why would I be <laughs> mad at you? What is what is wrong? <laughs> I think at one point she tells them like, Look at me square in my eyeballs. You are beautiful and worthy of love. Don't look away. Say thank you. (laughs) Look at at me. (laughs) Look at me. Look at me. You're worthy of love. Yeah. And they're like straining not to look away because, you know, their self-esteem is just, oh, poor baby. I've been with you for 15 years. We have two children together in a home and everything. And I'm still like, why are you here? (laughs) I get it. One of my goals to work on in therapy is actually believing a compliment you give me. We've Aww. been together for 15 years. You haven't believed a single compliment. We've got we've got problems. We both of us got problems. Yeah. Anyway, so Bo's self-esteem is in the shitter. Um, no surprise because their childhood was terrible. Um, but Bridget is helping them to be more accepting of the love that they are worthy of. And that's why I love Bridget. Because she's a great big sweetie. Bo asks for a week off in October. It's currently September. So that they can go home. They plan mostly on going home just to have a come to Jesus with Diesel. Mm -hmm. They think that once Diesel sees who they really are, that Diesel will just decide to cut the last of the cord, that Diesel will just leave them alone. 
They don't think that there's any saving their relationship with their with their brother mm-hmm. or their father. They're just kind of hoping that by going home and showing Diesel, that Diesel will leave them alone, which is so sad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> that is the, it, it, I, I can't even imagine. I know. What right? that would, I mean, as close as I am with my sister, I, I can't imagine how hard that would have to be. I know. Yeah, I can't either. And I'm not that close with my sister, but we're working on being closer. Yes, you Actively are. working on it. And then they call Cooper and tell Cooper, and Cooper is fucking ecstatic. <laughs> He's like, first we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. You, we should go to karaoke. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Calm down. Take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> take about 20% off there. Yep. The next couple of days is adorable, just new, fresh new relationship, sweet, smitten babies, just loving being together. They can't keep their hands off of each other. It's just so fucking cute. But most of it is off page mm. at that point. It's mostly just Jameson thinking about what they did the night before. All right. And then Jameson gets his STI results um, and is thrilled to see that they are all negative. Bows are also negative. So it's getting real because <laughs> up until this point they haven't had penetrative sex or oral sex yep. they have been waiting he texts them his results that night there is a surreptitious blowjob mm. in the storeroom at gertie's fuck yeah it was really great the next day Bo goes to their little's football practice mm-hmm. and uh talks to him a little bit about how he's been doing. He tells him that he has a plan for the bully. So that's happening. Da- Damien says he has Damien says he has a plan okay. for the bully. And then he asks them, like, why did you come to my football practice? You don't seem like the kind of person mm. who would be into football. And they're like, no, I played football. I'm from Texas. Yeah, I was going to say, it's legally required I'm for you to- I'm from a small town in Texas. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm from <laughs> a small town in Texas of 5,000 people. I went to a high school that had a stadium that held 50,000 people. Yeah. That's Texas That's football. Texas. Yeah. yeah. They're like, I hated it. I didn't like playing football because it, I mean, it, it's all, a, it, it, not entirely, I don't like football. I'm sure that there are many redeeming qualities about it, playing it as a high schooler. Even in college, I guess, like camaraderie, teamwork, yeah, athleticism, something. Um, but they just hated it because it was a constant reminder of the masculinity that they did not want to achieve. Right. That was being forced down their throat constantly. It is definitely the pinnacle of uh, American sporting ma- American sporting masculinity. Which is odd considering they all wear skin tight, shiny pants. And big fucking pads. <laughs> you want to be real tough? Go play some fucking rugby. Rugby, yeah, exactly. That evening, they go over to Jameson's house where they learn to make pizza. And Jameson, I believe, is related to you by blood because he spends the entire time making sex jokes about pizza. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So he's you. He likes to make sex jokes about literally everything, apparently, when he's <laughs> it's, comfortable. It's an affliction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud of it. No. I, I spend one hour every Friday night watching you get very close to a phallic object, and I don't say anything about it. Oh, my God. Are you having an active stroke right now? No, Do we I'm, need to call 911? I'm compartmentalizing. Um, don't worry about it. Um, sex jokes, pizza, Jameson. Uh, sex jokes, pizza, Jameson. So they eat the pizza, and then Bo asks him to, what? like, what do you want to do? No. Jameson asks Bo, what do you want to do? And Bo says, you should take me to the beach. It's your favorite place. Let's go to the beach. So Jameson takes them to a very secluded, tiny beach on Lake Michigan. 
and they cuddle in the sand and they they don't watch the sunset you can't watch the sunset from the chicago side of lake michigan no but they sort of just bask in the dwindling light and they have this really lovely conversation and i was like melting in my seat i was reading that portion of this at the pool today Mm -hmm. my parents and i took our kids to the pool Mm -hmm. and i was just sitting in my seat going that's so cute i then i had to set it down because i tried to jump into the pool too fast again oh bleep that (laughs) i will (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was absolutely adorable Bo tells jameson about their planned trip to texas and uh they they both admit that they're gonna miss each other a lot while while they're gone and it's just it's so fucking cute and i have the slightest feeling that Jameson's going to end up going to Texas. I, I, I'm, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I'm feeling that too. And I would just like to, I would just like to say, I would like to be on record as saying, being on a beach in September and October, I, I love it. It is one of the best vibes when it's like, not beach weather, but you're on the beach. Oh yeah. When it's like maybe 64 degrees yep. and breezy. Oh yeah. It's the you can wear like a sweater. Oh Michigan, I love Michigan. I love because Michigan. You got the little lakes yep. all throughout the state, and yep. then you got those big, big fucking lakes. lakes, which was the original name. Uh, people, I don't know if a lot of people know that. Oh, they, yeah, it, they had to change it from the big fucking, fucking lakes, lakes to the to great, great lakes. lakes. Yeah. yeah, you can't have big fucking lakes on every map in, in <laughs> elementary schools. Um, again, not a lot of people know that because I just made it up. Yeah. No, I just made this one up. Uh, lake Superior used to be called Dam. That's fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call that one? Shit! Shit! Is that the fucking ocean? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Can't be. It doesn't taste like salt. We're, we're renaming the Great Lakes. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and we're not going to do that. Anyway, uh, enough of that digression. Uh, and, uh, well, that was. I mean, that was a digression, but that was also the end of my notes. Oh, okay. Jameson and Bo are cuddling on a beach, talking about Bo's planned trip to go see their family in Texas. So yeah, and then we renamed the Great Lakes, and then we renamed the Great Lakes, and then we said a bunch of cuss words for yeah. fun. And I might edit all of that out, and it'll be funny because I left this in. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy it. Whether whether you get the cuss words or not, just imagine the cuss words. I didn't say cunt. Which which <laughs> <laughs> which lake is Lake Cunt? The Deep Cunt. Which one is the called the Deep Cunt? <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be Superior because it's the deepest yeah, it's of the, the lakes. Deepest of the you can find us on social media. We are on TikTok and Instagram at Cheap Smut. If you feel like sending, if you feel like sending us an email, you can do so at CheapSmutPod at gmail.com. The music that we use in this and every episode of Cheap Smut is called Nostalgia by Mackay Beats. You can find that song along with thousands of others free of charge for you to use on your podcast or whatever at the Free Music Archive. Please rate, review, and subscribe when you listen to us on all the podcasting platforms out there, even Stitcher, until Stitcher goes away. Yeah, bye-bye, Stitcher. I got a new podcasting app. Oh, good. Already. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, listener, if there is a book in you, write it. And if there's fucking in it, I'll read it. And then she will come on this show and explain it to me for your entertainment. Now there's fireworks going off, so we're going to stop recording. Yeah, fucking assholes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.